What's up, Danny? How's it going, Tyler? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Just been getting over being sick. Been still hoping it's not the Rona, because it's useless to go tested Ooh. in our state right now. No kidding, right? Because of how long the test times are, so... Gosh. You know, just hoping that wasn't the case, and that I didn't accidentally infect people at some point or another, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there. No, just uh, getting ready for this. Some grotesque. Nice. You brought me some lemon train wreck, so I'm happy. So we should probably hit our green hits. Yeah, like I said, it's no stranger to the show, so I don't have to go into all the details. But just know that it's a mix of, I believe it was lemon haze and train wreck. So that's the name. And we're recording at a weird time compared to normal. And so I did not bring anything. I feel bad about it. but That's all right. We'll get through it. This will help get through it. Let's start in on the guts and bolts of Grotesque, find out who and what went into this movie, and we'll spark these up at the same time. Guts and bolts. All right, so we got these up and smoking. They're once again awesome. Like we said, we've talked about Lemon Trainwreck on here before. Off day, though. We weren't able to bring you anything new. What we're able to bring you new, we're going to be talking about Grotesque today. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, it was hard not to try to say that for the last two weeks at this point. I know, I just fucking muddled that up, but our spoiler-free setup. I don't know if you can count this as being spoiler-free, because this is basically the entire movie. A serial-killing doctor kidnaps a young couple and starts torturing them, both physically and mentally, to try to find some excitement in life. That's it. That's essentially <laughs> what you're going to get. By the way, I just described the entire movie to you. <laughs> right. Right, but not all the goodies that we do get to see, so that's okay. By the way, I found out, I'm just going to use this to lead into this. I found out when people call something high or low concept, what that actually means. Nice. Because it's something I had always heard used over and over again, especially when you're talking about genre stuff. I didn't know what the actual definition of it was, and now I realize a lot of people use it incorrectly. This movie, Grotesque, is high concept. High concept means that you can explain the movie very quickly and succinctly. It's low concept if you have to sit there and explain the setup for like two minutes. Gotcha, yeah. (laughs) So this is high High concept. concept. Yeah, all the way through. Yeah. Makes sense. That's awesome. Now you know. Now we're a part of the learned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you all know, too. So don't <laughs> fucking use it wrong. No, <laughs> I don't fucking care how you use it. I'm still probably going to use it wrong myself. That's okay. We'll try. We'll try, but at least we know now, right? We can always use this as a blueprint going forward. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, so you gave us the setup, and, of course, we like to talk about the people who go into making the film, whether they're in front of the camera or behind the scenes. In this case, I'm going to talk about our director and our writer. His name is Koji Shiatreshi. And this gentleman's got some really interesting bodies of work. So if you look through his catalog, he's got such films as Jure, The Uncanny. He's also known for such films as Nori, The Curse. That one's supposed to be really good. I didn't yeah. realize that he was the one that did that movie until, like, looking up yeah, the catalog. looking up shit. And I'm like, oh, shit, he did The Curse? Like, I've That's heard a lot awesome. of people say really good things about that movie. So Yeah, and some other films include such things as Carved. The film Occult from 2009. He's also known for the film Colt in 2013. One that when I saw, I was like, I'm about 90% sure I knew who the distributor of this film is. And when I looked it up, it's like, yep. So Unearthed Films has mm-hmm. his film A Record of Sweet Murder from 2014. Pretty awesome. 
And the other film some people might know him for is 2019's Hellgirl. I also want to point oh. out it's really interesting that he did uh, Sadako versus Kayako. Yeah? Which is like grudge chick versus ring chick. I think you might be right. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Damn. Go figure. That's awesome. All right. Our cinematographer is Yohai Fukuda. And Mr. Fukuda is known for some pretty interesting films as well. Such things as the scary folklore, Ura no Show and Omote no Show. You might have also heard of such films as The Slit Mouth Woman Zero, The Beginning. The other films include X Game and Death Forest Part 5. Our editor goes by two different names, depends on which source you're using. I've seen them go by Soyoshi and the Keshi Sone. And so we've actually talked about Mr. Sone because he was a cinematographer on our 137th episode when we reviewed One Cut of the Dead. Oh, shit. Okay. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But some films that he's known for editing include such films as Old Prison. You might have heard such films as Judgment. There's Tokyo Urban Legend. Such things as Slit Mouth Woman in L.A. And whole looks like a whole bunch of uh, television shows as well in Japan. So pretty interesting to see him on this. All right, our music was composed by Kazuo Sato, and they are known for composing the music for Sailor Moon, the television series from 1995 through 1998. This was produced by Kazue Udgawa and Kyosuke Yuone. Production companies are Ace Deuce Entertainment, Jolly Roger, and Tornado Film. The distributors for this were Jolly Roger for the 2009 Japanese theatrical release. And Media Blasters helped with the 2010 United States release of the Blu-ray and DVD copies. The release dates were January 17th, 2009. That was limited in Japan. And then July 16th, 2010. This was at another Hole in the Head genre festival, which is celebrating independent Asian cinema in Ooh. San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was pretty interesting. I do have two taglines for this film. first one I have is, Welcome to a Japanese Nightmare. And the second one is, Saw and Hostel were just appetizers. So I'll agree with that if we're talking about the first films in those franchises. Yeah. yeah, yeah. However, by the time this movie came out, we're already up to like, Saw 3 had already yeah, been out for a year. At least, yeah. And Hostel 2 had already been out for two years, I think, You're at right. this point. So, <laughs> I don't know, because... Each one of those films, well, Saw 2 wasn't that bad. Saw 3 got pretty nasty. 3 was where it started to just more focus on a lot of the just disgusting shit, in my opinion. Cool. All right. So moving ahead, we have a very, very limited cast. But I'm going to lead off with Tsugumi Nagasawa, who plays... Oh, actually, they're also known as Kotoha Hiroyama, and they play the role of Aki. Right, and they're known for such films as The Curse M. They were actually uncredited in Tokyo Gore Police, which is really interesting. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. They're also in Elevator Trap and Astral Abnormal Suzuki from 2019. Yeah. So I literally just like an hour ago got in my blu-ray copy of tokyo gore yeah, please i realize it's uncredited but does it say the role like i'm guessing it's a, just a bystander but <laughs> no when i was looking it, it's the female actress right. uh, oh maybe i almost want to say maybe it might in the be sex the club I, I think so i think it might be the alligator 
Oh, okay. I, it looks a lot like her. I could be wrong, but it looks a lot like her. <laughs> All right. So moving ahead, we have actor Hiroaki Koetsare. They play the role of Kazuo. And this gentleman is known for some interesting films as well. When you look through his catalog, he's got such things as Hide and Go Kill, Part 2. They were also in the film Hell Driver. You might have seen him in the film Tokyo Urban Legend, Midnight Clinical Test, and such things as Girls Dance with the Dead. All right, and last but not least, we have Shigeo Osako, plays the unnamed doctor, but he's known for being in such things as the short film Karma. He's also known for the film Brutal and the film Keita Never Die. Shit, speaking of unearthed. Yeah, another brutal. Yeah. What's really funny, too, is I I watched this movie on Tubi, Mm -hmm. which currently has a number of unearthed titles. They do. And what it recommended when the credits were playing, and it's like, do you want to watch this next or whatever it is that Tubi says? It was brutal. Nice. Hell yeah. (laughs) So now you know. Yeah, that pretty much rounds out our cast and our crew. You gave us a brief setup of what this film entails. Uh, This one warns a lot of warnings. Holy moly. Gore torture nudity nudity sexual, sexual assault stuff, yeah. is there any actual language in this though a little bit here and there not yeah. much i mean we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth as we move into this next section but the movie absolutely qualifies as what would be thought of as a torture porn 100 percent. yeah without a doubt in some ways it's hostile but with way less story <laughs> high concept yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what you're getting, I guess. Like, yeah. is that a good enough warning? The name of the movie is grotesque. Like, Yeah, and so... That being said, we've covered worse things. We have. I think it's for those still who are squeamish and who are faint of heart. This is definitely not for you if you're averse to a lot of... Like I mean, the said, sexual aspect. Yeah, the, the sexual, sexual assault aspect. Portrait porn. It, it warrants the name. But, you know, if not... You might actually enjoy this one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, I guess this technically qualifies as a torture porn, but let's get into the how this made us squeal, and I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit. How does that make you squeal? All right, here we go. Grotesque. This might be controversial to say, especially because, like, the British board certification won't even give this movie a fucking rating. I know, right? Yeah, it's fucked up. This movie's really fucking funny. I agree with you there. And it's not in that a patronizing way. There are moments where I wholeheartedly chuckled. I was saying this to you the other day. I was actually talking to Patrick about it last Tuesday. And he's like, oh, yeah, so what did you think of it? And I was like, well, so here's the deal. There's some movies that are horror comedies, right? Like Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. There's some movies that are dark comedy horror movies, Like, I don't know, like Ravenous is a good example. Yeah, very good example. If there can be comedy and dark comedy horror movies, then I feel like it's technically possible to have, like, a dark comedy torture porn. And I think this is it. There is a very good blend of comedy done purposely in this film. And I think that's a good way of kind of surmising a little bit of what this film has that separates it from just straight on, you know, in your face gore and torture and things like that. It breaks it with these moments that you're not, you know, in these moments, you're you're not really supposed to be chuckling or giggling, but but it makes you think that. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
Ultimately, though, this movie is also another one of those ones where I feel kind of bad because I don't know how long we'll actually be able to talk about this movie because I kind of just told you guys the movie already. Yeah. A doctor kidnaps a couple. Yeah. I mean, we can get into the details, which we will, because we're going to have to to bring up some of the shit that I'm sure we want to bring right, up. Right, but, I mean, but we can, we can kind of skirt around the finer details to set them up, yeah. But really, the entire movie is just three people, a doctor kidnapping a couple, torturing them in various ways, because he finds no excitement in anything in life. It's their will to live that excites him, and he wants to see how long they can suffer and endure that in order for him to get excited. Mm -hmm. That's the fucked up part of this film. And that's just straightforward. That's all this movie really is, which is why a lot of people don't like it because they're like, you're literally just making a movie where you just torture two people for fuck it. I mean, this isn't a long movie, but for 40 minutes of the movie is yeah. just straight a torture up. sequence. <laughs> straight up. 40 minutes of the, under an hour 20 minute movie. I yeah. think it's like a hour, hour 10, hour 13. Yeah, with credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what it is. There's what, like 10, 15 minutes of combined throughout the movie of like flashback mm -hmm. and like parts where they aren't actively being tortured. <laughs> Precisely. That's it. Yeah. But what had me kind of laughing from the get-go, and this one is just because of our own experiences, and it wasn't anything that was actually funny in the movie, but I was just like, oh, you had to give me the fucking visitor cue opening <laughs> with just somebody getting bopped over the head. Exactly. <laughs> Boop. I'm like, fuck. Is this going to be a thing in Japan where people just get bopped over the head? But <laughs> Right. What I think, too, is kind of interesting to this story is when he does abduct them and they're on the van ride, right? It's set up to where it looks like it's in the middle of the day. It's busy traffic. He happens to pull over because she's making noise in the back. We don't see it. It's all off camera. And it sounds like he bonks her again. Yeah. And then when she comes to... That opening sequence is the artiest moment of the movie. It really is. It sets. I think it sets it up to be more intense and maybe... It threw idealistically, me for a loop right? Compared to what the rest of the movie is. Right, cuz that seems super sinister and dark, almost a little bit like Henry. Yeah. Esque, you know. But it it skews from it. Yeah, it does. It it sets it up to feel like that a little bit. That's not this movie though. It's not. It's not. It might be a clever nod and maybe homage to some of those films, you know. But and also it was just like the yeah. really classy like classical music playing and shit and it's like super nice and serene and she's just gradually like coming to and getting louder and louder until he has to pull over and go back there and just fucking whack her again. And Yeah, it's like, yeah, gotta be quiet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I ain't out here about get caught because of you. <laughs> no, uh, that's not what this is about. So let's see here. What this sets up is when they wake up, they're both kind of bound and gagged. There's plastic covering. It looks like they're in a basement of some sort, right? And the unnamed doctor at this point is asking the gentleman, Kazuo, if he wants to be the first or last. And he's also asking which one is better. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, what this does is he winds up stabbing, I think, Kazuo in the mouth. Like, Oh, yeah. He stabs him in the mouth and he stabs him in, like, the stomach. in, the, in the stomach. And then he licks her face. And that's kind of the first signs of the sexual stuff that's about to happen. This is where we get the flashback of, of how they even came across the van and the doctor in the first place. 
What a fucking awkward first date. It really is. It's set up to be kind of cute. It's kind of and cute. awkward. It's kind of cute. Like if if it wouldn't have been followed up with this, like it's awkward, but it's a good meet cute. Yeah, it's almost like a TV rom com ish kind of situation. But it, you know, but it sets it like up. Like he's jumping the gun. He's like, "How about you be my girlfriend?" And, and she's like, like "Well, maybe we should get to know each other." I kind of thought we were on a first date. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay. Yeah, look where we're at. <laughs> Solid point. So it seems everything is going swimmingly for them until they make that walk up underneath the underpass. And well, and that was her waiting. turn to be awkward because was, how awkward of a fucking question is that, especially on a first date? I know. It's just like, would you be willing to die for me? And I'm like, damn, girl. <laughs> First, it's like, I want to be your boyfriend or would you be my girlfriend? <laughs> You're like, would you die for me? Now, to be fair, I do feel like she plays it off a lot better as like, I'm kind of fucking with you right now. No, she, she totally is. <laughs> a lot better than, well, obviously he wasn't fucking around, but yeah. like, it's, oh, still, oh, okay. it's still a weird way to fuck with someone though, right? Like, It really is. But she's got jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is funny. All right, this is what I wrote down next is once we figure that out and some of the early stuff is happening, is I wrote down, this is Mr. Sophistication, Japanese edition. It kind of is, right? A little bit. <laughs> He's basically telling them that they're both going to die unless they excite him, which we've already alluded to, because he wants to see their will to live. This is where the sexual stuff really starts to happen because he starts to ask, like, you know, how many times they've had intercourse and he asked you know more than 100 50 25 10 oh never yeah <laughs> all right i really wish that at that point he wouldn't have had them gagged and stuff so he could have actually gotten to the fact that like wait this is your guys's first date because i feel like he just would have had an even better time like going in oh, on him like you fucking man. kidding me <laughs> all right so now because this is some of that controversial waters that we're treading into right there's a few times in here is not because of the nature of what he's doing. It's how it gets followed up. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's how it gets followed up. It's it's like sophomoric comedy. You know, it's yeah. like something schoolboys do. Dude, it's fucking 80s, 90s sex comedy. Exactly, man. It, it felt like that. Not that those films go through with it that, to that extent, but it has that sense of that humor, that right. comedy. Yeah, it's crass, sophomoric. Because he, yeah, <laughs> he gets to the sexual assault on her in front of him. Yeah, he makes the he poor go, guy watch him assault her. Mm -hmm. and then, but then fucking gives him the fucking smell my fingers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and that was the first time I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, they're making a comedy out of this. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be laughing at this, but that was so fucked up. But how, Yeah. How are you going to give this fucked up, like, humiliation torture scene and follow it up with fucking smell my fingers? Right. Which is still supposed to be humiliation. I get that. But, exactly. But. <laughs> but it's it's cultural shorthand, right? Like I said, it's it a fucking sex comedy stuff. It has to be, right? Because what he does next might seem shocking, but it follows through with this comedic thing that it's doing. Is that he pushes them closer together. And he starts giving Kazuo the, the hand jive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, five knuckle shuckle. <laughs> He's like, it's your turn now. You think you can hit her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is ridiculous. But it's 
it is fucked up. It's funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's fucked up. All right, but this is where it treads more into that, like that fucked up territory, is because what he's trying to do next, and this is the unnamed doctor that is, is he's trying to get the female Aki to say that she wants to die. Right. And she refuses, and it's like, all right, cool. That's showing her will to live. All right. Mm-hmm. Next, what we get though is some really good gore and body stuff. Oh, with a chainsaw. <laughs> right. Before we get there, there was one thing a little bit earlier because when they were still like vertically strapped up and shit, there was like some time passing between some of that and shit. And like they end up pissing and shitting themselves. And yeah, he goes do. and just very like doctor like cleans it up. And one of the things I actually kind of appreciated about this movie was they didn't really linger on the disgustingness of that. That's they a good showed point. it as like a fact. Like, They've been here a while. Yep. Dude had to shit himself. We will give you the one disgusting shot of showing it sitting there in his fucking undies. <laughs> but, but they yeah, didn't linger on linger. it. Yeah. They're just like, here's the fact, and here's the doctor going to work, and he cleans them up, and he makes sure they're all good to go. Cause exactly. That's, it's, that's, it's more procedural. Yeah, he's about torturing them. He's not about that kind of torture, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you were, there would probably be a lot worse scenarios. Mm-hmm involving said objects <laughs> but you know he finally does go to town on them right he chainsaws Kazuo's hands and finger or the fingers on his hands right fucks him up then he makes a finger necklace <laughs> and puts it on hockey and I'm like damn this has the Texas Chainsaw Massacre element to it mm-hmm. is essentially what this is but then he winds up going over to her and saws off her fingers on her left hand and then She's becoming like dissident, or yeah, she's becoming a little uh, dissident, and he winds up slicing off her nipples, and they end up off. they end up on his necklace, and that kind of made me laugh a little bit. Like you're gonna do? I mean, I guess I kind of saw it coming, but yeah, it's so fucked up because yeah, she's missing her fingers on her left hand. She's missing mostly from her elbow down on her right arm, mm-hmm. and uh, right after this series of events. Dude, all the chainsaw shit, though, was really good. It was really good. As far really as these good. effects and shit in this movie go, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, this movie, I don't know what their budget was, but it doesn't seem like it was that much. You don't need that much. You're using three no. actors, like, two locations. Yeah, very minimal. Right, very minimal. There are, like, little 10-second spurts of this movie just scattered throughout that look not good. Right, I mean, it's, some of it is, I think attributed to uh, the CG they used mm-hmm. to fill in. And, you know, it's like, eh. But outside those, like, five or six, ten-second spurts that are scattered throughout the movie, the movie looks really fucking good. <laughs> no, it does. There's a couple times, though, where I was like, did we shoot this? It looks like we shot this. <laughs> There's a chance. <laughs> but you're right. If you watch just a few of those moments yeah the rest of it looks pretty pretty damn decent yeah, yeah. no mo- yeah most of the the like gore and stuff is really good and the parts that look cheap usually like there isn't actually any like torture going on yeah it's, it's like weird effects. close-ups on them and stuff yeah and where the lighting just isn't hitting you can right tell. i mean yeah there's moments where the actor who's playing caswell you know like when he's frothing out the mouth and <laughs> it's like he's doing a good job yeah he's but, doing fine you know it is what it is. I would say overall, he might have been the weakest for me. Yeah. Just if somebody has to be, but I don't think that he actually did a bad job. By no, he didn't do a bad but, job, but you could um, tell he's not as probably used to this maybe stuff as the other two. And then I'd say her and then the doctor was my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. 
He almost, I thought he was amazing. I want to. I think he's only in a small part, but it makes me want to see Brutal just to see him. No kidding, right? He reminded me just a tinge of uh, Beat Takeshi. Yeah, same here. Just a touch of Beat. Yeah, just a little bit. He just reminded me just a little bit of him. He could be like a young Beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that was me. I was like, oh, fuck. He's so good. He's... I wish his filmography was bigger than it was when I looked him up. Yeah, yeah. Then this guy's really good, especially in this particular role. He fits the bill. <laughs> the parts that are coming up, I think it lent it some of the torture shit's fucked up. Is uh, well, and even though I thought the guy playing Cosmo was the worst, mm-hmm. right as we're getting towards the end of the chainsaw stuff and it's moving on to the other things, there's the part where he gives him the fucking just stares daggers at the doctor, and I was like oh, shit, that's what they mean, like, if looks can kill. And then the doctor even fucking comments on it. He's like, what a chilling look. And I'm like, yeah, he fucking nailed it, didn't he? Like, good for him, because that was great. <laughs> yeah. <Motherfucker>. All right. <laughs> right. Unfortunately for Caswell, he has his testicles hammered with nails. They don't really show... They don't really show it that much. Well... They show him hammering in, like, two nails, but then when you cut back to it, there's, like, five there. Yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. No. Considering, right? What he tells him is he can quit, surrender anytime he wants, but if he does, then he's going to inflict the torture onto Aki, right? And so he's like, all right. He winds up plucking out Kazuo's eye. Mm-hmm. Then he severs his penis. And if you didn't think this was a comedy already, then the doctor shouting, I felt it, the excitement... As he's holding the dude's cock in his hand. <laughs> oh my god. Should tip you off. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, he's like, I found it. The excitement. You've won. He's like, he's gonna take care of them now as a reward, right? So everything seems hunky dory because they wake up, they're in hospital beds. They eventually make a promise to each other uh, that they're going to make it out to life. with just his thumb to give the thumbs up, <laughs> which was also just had me fucking cackling. Yeah, there's this like. <laughs> Some of it's like the, the absurd humor to it, the aspect of it. It's like, this seems way too polished right now to feel believable. And so what the gentleman does, the gentleman, the doctor, he's like, uh, he's going to offer to turn himself over to the police. But first, you know, he's going to take care of them and then he's going to compensate them. He's going to, I guess, liquidate all his assets, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, he's like, I'm uh, pretty fucking wealthy. Yeah. And then uh, a, he's like, I'm a good fucking doctor. Like, yeah. I will keep you alive. And... Then my shit's I'll, yours. I'll hold my promise, right? Yeah. And first thing I'm thinking is like, <laughs> yeah, right, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, this movie, there's no indication in this movie that at this point that it's going to go in a super crazy place. Because the, the super interesting story is, what is that story? Like, if he does keep his promise. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to write. I feel like it's a really interesting idea. I don't even know where you would begin to still make that a story that people would care about. No, at that point, it's like, what's the point? Right. You know? It's like, oh, you just, that was kind of dumb. But, I mean, dude's acting almost sells it, though. Because I'm yeah, like, super even though in my head, I'm like, okay, he's not going to do it. But looking at his character, I'm like, he might keep his promise. <laughs> yeah. Like, so everything, like, it seems to be going in the upward trend, right? It's like, oh, man, they, they inf- were inflicted all this torture upon them. And now the guy's like, okay, as, as a reward, as compensation, I'll turn myself in and, and I'll reward you now. <laughs> and after he leaves, Kazuo has a, a funny little line. He's like, I'm so happy I could take a dump. 
<laughs> I really like that line. I thought that was funny. But then Aki and they and Kazuo both start to mention the guy's smell. It's like I don't even think he's aware that he has this stench. So I will say the ending of this movie kind of weirded me out, and I thought she made that shit up out of nowhere because the first time I watched this, like I was making a little bit of food while I was watching it, and I missed that line because I got up to go take something out of my air fryer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's something of note because that's the first sign or the first, you know, glimpse that we get into the fact that he has this stench about him. But then he walks back in and what he's doing is he's cleaning Kazuo's stitched up manhood. Yeah. <laughs> like I, they didn't have to show that, but I'm glad they did. That was fucked up. And uh, he tells the couple that it's almost time for them to go, but they have to drink their medicine first. <laughs> like shit. The games are back on, and that's what happens. So they drink their medicine. They wake back up, and guess what? They're bound <laughs> again in the basement. And uh, the man wants more excitement. That's what he tells me. He said he was so excited by that first moment of them. And so he's like, now, you know, I've given you hope, and now I want to see your despair again yeah. and your will to live. <laughs> like, this is motherfucker. <laughs> right? And, uh, this is something I, I like. This is something I remember from the film because I'd seen this prior to us reviewing right, it. Right, right, right. I didn't remember all the, the fine details, but this is the moment that kind of stood out was when he tells Kazuo what he wants to do is he's going to cut his intestines out, tie it up to this, like, this like, hook. Yeah, like, right? like a meat hook. Just yeah, like. essentially. And he wants to have him walk to Aki. He says, your intestines will take you about this far. And then I'm going to give you a pair of scissors and you're going to cut your intestines. And then I've got her tied up and I want you to go over there and cut her loose. <laughs> All right. And so he starts it and, you know, Kazuo understandably is struggling. <laughs> He's trying to hold his guts and walk and all that shit. So He's falling over. This is really fucked up. But this was making me laugh because it was reminding me of something else. To me, for whatever reason, <laughs> to me, this seemed like the most fucked up version of the clerks to pickle fucker. <laughs> That's so fucked up. That's good. And I just kept thinking about that while he was making his little walk, like, oh, pickle oh, fucker. Pickle fucker. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hell yeah. No, man. It, what's comedic, I think a little bit too, is how the doctor's like encouraging him. He's like cheering him on. He's like, yeah, you can do it. You're almost there. You can do mm. it. Just keeps encouraging me. And then he finally does get there. And then he snips his intestines. And then when he's starting to cut her loose, you feel like, oh, there's a little bit of hope. But then you realize that there's wire. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and I lost it again. I'm like, oh, this is not This is supposed to be a comedy, right? Like, Oh, my God. Damn. Yeah, you fucked him up, man. Maybe it's so fucked up, but I found the wire so fucking... I didn't find the... <laughs> The wire itself was like, oh, fuck. But the doctor tagging on to when he found the wire, where he's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. It'll still be able to cut through. It'll just take a little bit longer. No, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you just got to work it. Like, he's like, it's not that thick of a wire. You'll just, you'll just have to do it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, Kazo, he, he eventually like taps out and he gets dragged away. And when the doctor returns to Aki, what he does is he actually puts on the graduation like ceremony song. <laughs> Which made this last sequence just all the more absurd. This ending, what the actual fuck? 
<laughs> it's so fucking wild, man. Yeah, so... When did we put in Tokyo Gore Police? I know. This is crazy. Well, maybe it's a nod to the fact that she was in it. Perhaps. What we get, essentially... <laughs> is I he, love this so much. He wants to see her will to live. And she winds up spitting on him twice, and that kind of sets him off a little bit. And what she does in response is she's like, oh, yeah. She starts to comment on his smell and the reason why he can't get women... And she's like, oh, yeah, I also, I've seen your whore mother before. She's a prostitute in Okubo. There's a, it's a district. Yeah, she smells the exact Tokyo. same. Yeah, she smells so bad, even the drunks won't fuck her. But she must not know because she seems to never do anything about it. Seems like something like that would be genetic, which means she must be your mom. Like, I know. And she's like, just, she's like, I pity you. And you're like, oh, fuck. She's like really setting him off. Because he, he's not aware, but he... He knows she's like she's pushing the buttons. Which, not gonna lie, when she started doing that, I was like, "Good for you," because this is gonna be the best way for you to get. You're not getting out of this alive. Mm -mm. And if you let him do what he wants to do, it's gonna take the next three days. Exactly. You pissing him off like this right now, now. you're still gonna die. But it ends it now. Yeah. Good for you. Like. (laughs) But then, oh my god. She's throwing haymakers, is what she's doing. But he's like, "All right, all right." He's like, "I got you. (laughs) I got you." So he uh, takes out his chainsaw, and then he disembowels her. That was cool. Yep. Pretty pretty standard. Once he does that, then he gets his little axe, or little axe, but he gets his axe out. And, then and he, I start laughing because he does, like, his three wind-ups. Yep, he's ways. like, all right, whew, I got this. All right, right here, right, right yeah. over the plate. Give me it. Fastball down the middle. Chops her head off. And, of course, on the <laughs> uh, as her head's floating in the air. It turns and she lands right on his neck and takes a chunk out of him and like spits it out. But then he's, you know, as of course he's holding and whatnot, Kazuo kind of comes to and slices his Achilles heel mm-hmm. or tendon. You're like, fuck, did they get him? Because they, they look at each other, Aki, of course, and Kazuo, and they have like this acknowledgement, this like, you know, like, all right, this is it. We were both willing to die in for a, each other. In a weird way, that last look to me was like, this sucks, but good first date. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Solid first date. Memorable. Yeah. Goes like, down in history. I'm cool with you. Let's do a second one. <laughs> we'll meet up. <laughs> but it was like it was like that exact look. Like, yeah. okay, we're both on the same page right now. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Even though he got us, we still got his ass too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's wait, a wait 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 I want okay, I want to repoint out though that while all of this is happening, pomp and circumstance is playing yeah. in the background. What the fuck, man? Do 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 do. It's crazy, man. <laughs> That's all. I was like, it's like why are they playing? <laughs> but in a sense, it, it was kind of like a a ceremony, a graduation. A graduation. Of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> however you want to look at it. It's it's messed up. All right. There's a small little section at the end of this film that happens, and the doctor is hanging the scissors. Does that come before he snags his next victim? Yeah, it comes a okay. little bit before. It's like the the next little sequence. That's right. That's right. I couldn't yeah. just couldn't remember so what he's order having, those like, last two came in. A traditional, I guess, a ceremonial Japanese way of you know like honoring funeral kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, of honoring the way that they you know they put up the struggle. It was honorable. He hangs the scissors to commemorate them. You're like, all right, that's it's fucked up. But it's for him, it's kind of like a traditional thing, I mm-hmm. suppose, or whatever. 
Uh, but then, yeah, he's back in his van. Well, and you also see the other stakes in the ground. Yeah, yeah, there's too. several. And they you obviously know this has been happening for a while, but they but also they didn't show will to live. Like none of them in, are mm -mm. decorated in any way. They're kind of just haphazardly put in the ground. Like right, right. those two stakes are like perfectly up and down. They're it's They're, very honorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for them, and maybe that's why too. Like he had this weird juxtaposition. Like they gave me what I wanted, but I want more of that. <laughs> it's like this crack. <laughs> I do, in some weird way, I'm still glad that if he lives, he's at least honoring them. Yeah, like, it's in fucked a weird, up, fucked but, up like, way, but yeah. compared to the rest of his victims, after I just saw what they, they went through, like, They didn't, they were, yeah. I tried. They didn't fuck. They were really, they were ready to die. <laughs> yeah, so he's back in his van. He's aware now that he does have a stand. <laughs> and he, like, squirted himself with some kind of deodorant spray or something, right? And I fucking cracked up at that, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... Because he's just sitting there, like, like getting ready to go fucking nab somebody and just, like, really, really self-consciously, like... Yeah. All right, getting out the axe spray. <laughs> <laughs> I want your bod. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, and then it's it appears, and which is, you know, at this point in the film, you can deduce that he's probably snagged his next victim. Because there's, a, you know, there's a lady walking by, and he's in the van. Mm -hmm. We already know that's his M.O. So that's the end of the film. I was curious after watching this film how you would feel about it, because it's not, like, 100% all the way through, like, a hardcore film that you can attach a little, I would say somewhat of the label to it, but it's not the most extreme end that you're going to see. Yeah, I was about to say this. To me, it warrants the label extreme. He just does too much. Too much happens on screen. I, I totally agree with that. That being said, of quote-unquote extreme movies, maybe one of the easiest you could ever get through. I think so. I've, Other I've, than if, unless... And this is huge for some people, so I get it. But if you're really triggered by the sexual assault part. Yeah, totally get it. And wouldn't even argue with you. It's like, look, I get it. It's not for everybody. It's, it is gratuitous. It's, you know, it's in your face. But <laughs> the thing about <laughs> a little bit to the film's defense, right? In art in general, it's like, unless it's actually happening, you know, for pornography's sake, it's acting and it's effects. It's fucked up. Mm -hmm. But we've already pointed out, it's like, that's in a fucked up way. It That's the point. It's so absurd because of the way they're using these effects with squirting and stuff like that. It's like, this is <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm also giggling because it's just like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. <laughs> now, I think the biggest bullshit, I already brought yeah. up that the, uh, the British Board of Film classification won't give it a rating, which is basically Bandit's release in the UK. The part that I find kind of bullshit is, did you read the actual statement that David Cook made, the BBFC director? I can't, I don't so his statement is, unlike other recent torture-themed horror works such as the Saw and Hostel series, Grotesque features minimal narrative or character development and presents the audience with little more than an unrelenting and escalating scenario of humiliation, brutality, and sadism. In spite of a stigil attempt to explain the killer's motivations at the very end of the film, the chief pleasure is... On offer is not related to understanding the motivations of any of the central characters. Rather, the chief pleasure on offer seems to be wallowing in the spectacle of sadism, including sexual sadism, for its own sake. Now, I want to point out, once again, that by the time this movie came out, we were multiples deep into both the Saw and Hostel franchise. Exactly, yeah. And that statement describes those movies way more than this one, in my opinion. Yeah, and you've already explained the 
idea of what high concept. And I still is. like those movies. Right, I do too. I mean, they have their own entertainment value, you know, in their own little way. It's like uh, America's little footprints <laughs> into this end of the extreme horror, you know. I guess mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. But yeah, then there's like stuff like this that kind of steps or ups the ante that separates it. And in this case. You know, it's using some absurd humor, some very, very <laughs> dark humor. I just, I don't know. Like, I think about that statement. Yeah. And to me, that could have been said about the the first Hostel, which is yeah. released in the, I, as far as I know, it's released in the UK. And the reason yeah, he's it, saying that nitpicky. is that this one is, you know, there's no explanation given for the doctor until the very end, which we know is bullshit. He explains his motivations right away. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with the motivation, that's a completely that's, different thing. Yeah, that's thing. besides the point. I mean, first hostile, how much do you learn other than there's a shadowy organization behind it? Otherwise, it's literally just torture on screen. Yeah. And it's not even to a group of likable people. Like, the Americans in that movie are all doucheheads. Yeah, they're bros. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what it is. I don't know. When I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fucked. Like, you guys are just... You know, there's some people that are so pretentious when it comes to stuff like that. It's They make statements to almost like almost virtue signal a little bit. You know, it's like they, no one's asking you whether you're, or, you know, you to actually watch it. But, you know, it's it's art. It's subjective, right? It's like, yeah, you can have your opinion on it. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't warrant you or your voice to censor it either. Well, and the other thing it reminds me of is, and we've talked about in the past when we've covered some of the different flicks from this time period, but the difference between grindhouse flicks and art house, especially in the 70s and 80s, was if it was made in America, it was grindhouse, and yeah. you couldn't get anybody to go fucking watch it, and it was the trash and scum of the earth. But if you made it in Europe, it was art house, no matter how fucked up it was. Yeah, whether it was sleazy or what have you. Yeah. And this kind of this to me feels like it's the same thing. Where like the only difference between grotesque and hostile is that hostile came out of Hollywood. Mm, I was about to say too. How much does the studio influence some of that stuff? And this came was foreign, foreign language, and was released on a much smaller scale. So you can kind of beat up on it, and nobody's going to say shit about it. Yeah, I mean it's punching down is what it is. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's you're drawing attention to it is what you're doing. So in in a way, even though you're giving it negative press, you're still in in an offshoot way adverting or advertising the film At least to people. For who us. Are, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's for people who enjoy this kind of shit. It's like, yeah, I mean, in a way, you kind of want you to to throw jabs at it because you know we can weather that storm because because it's like, man, it's it's a fucking movie, dude. Get over it, man. It's like, um, you don't have to like it. That's fine, but we do. To his credit, Koji Shirashi, his response to David Cook's explanation for it not getting a rating is awesome. He's like, he was delighted and flattered by this most expected reaction from the faraway country since the film is an honest, conscientious work made sure to upset the so-called moralists. Yeah, and... I think, Which is kind of him admitting it's just a troll to begin with. but Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I feel with some of the humor, and it, it does distract from the fact that, you know, if you cut out that, it's just a pure, you know, just very sadistic for sadism's purpose. But <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. Yeah, so it, it is interesting, man, when I was saying stuff like that, like with um, people trying to take the, the high moral ground, and it's like, man, get over yourself, dude. It's, it is what it is, but... 
I'm glad that you do enjoy it, man. I know it was something we talked about after uh, we'd done Incident, and I know we went kind of up the ante a little bit with some of the, the gore and hardcore stuff. Well, man, and like, <laughs> not to get down on it again, but I enjoyed Cigarette Burns. Yeah. But the film within the film of Cigarette Burns was kind of disappointing. Yeah, for what we got out of it. It was. And so after that, like having a week of setup of having a film talking about this really fucked up film, I just kind of wanted to see a really fucked up film. You know what would be funny is if the film that in Cigarette Burns that we're looking for was this film. Right. (laughs) I would have been totally on board with that. Yeah. Uh, What a grotesque. Uh, Or... Tokyo Gore, please. I'm just really excited yeah. that it's here. No, that's awesome, man. It's uh, it's gonna look really pretty. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about this one. This one, I think, too, it's for people who are maybe even wanting to tread into, you know, quote unquote, extreme. Extreme. This is one that you can kind of get your feet wet with a little bit because it does have the the humor. It's not a very long film. It's kind of straight to the point, and it's graphic, but not overtly. Like there's far worse mainstream stuff that gets a lot more graphic than this. Absolutely. Once again, Saw and Hostel. Both those franchises get worse than this. Without a doubt. So it's just, in some ways, it's the presentation. It and is. this I think so. feels grimier than watching those. Yeah. I, th- I do think it is the way that this film was shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The artistic view of how they wanted the film to, to look and feel. Yeah. So it separates it. We never, hardly ever have an idea of what we're doing next week, do we? <laughs> no. Uh, so you'll find out by reading the episode title next week. But in order to do that, please subscribe, however you're listening to us right now, because that'd be super awesome. And you'll just keep getting our shit right when it drops, which is, you know, what we always hope and strive for. While you're doing that, if you could rate and review us, that would also be super fucking cool because the whole world is ran on algorithms and that gets us in there better. Beyond that, you can always go check out our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Contact us through there or by emailing us, squirmcast at gmail.com. And while you're over at the website checking out, I don't know, like all of our back catalog and shit, I know that you can just like scroll down in Spotify and also check out our back catalog. But I kind of recommend the website because not for any particular reasons right now, but as I continue to put more work into it, it'll be a lot easier like you know what, I want to hear something specifically on slashers. And you'll be able to, you know, go and search slashers and shit will come up once I get everything properly tagged. That's why I recommend the website. It's not 100% working yet, but it's getting there. Exactly. Well, we'll make it a little bit more specific to your taste. If I didn't work 40 hours a week. Gosh, I know, man. We're essential. Don't forget. We're essential. Yeah, no shit, dude. If we would have just been quarantined for a while, dude, our website would be so tits. Anyway, while you're there, click links up at the top. We are part of the Earvern Podcast Network. You can go check out the other shows on the network. Listen to me talk about nerd shit over on General Nerdery. Listen to my co-host there. Go talk about fucking wargaming mixed with actual war treatises and essays on war and such over on the Art of Wargaming. More shit to come. I know that we've been saying that for a while, but, I mean, movies are, get, movies are getting put off entire years. I think we can put off podcasts for a couple months. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have to take into consideration what's been going on around the world for the last half the year. So we're we're moving on it as we're getting better at working all of this shit. But also 
just search for fried squirms across all the social medias, add us on those. We're trying to use them more. I know I actually have technically been a little bit, but like, I, I think we said this also on, on, on our last general nerdery. Like I'm, I'm moving from like using it 10% of the time to moving to using it like 12% of the time. Yeah. So it's technically progress. It's just going really slow, but <laughs> hey, it's still, it's still ramping up. <laughs> it's ramping up people, but it'd be super cool if you went and checked us out over on that shit too. Cause that's where, like, if I do get cool shit in the mail, I'll be like, look at this. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I said everything, didn't I? Yeah. Outside of that, recommendations, suggestions, and if you're an independent filmmaker and you need somebody to help pimp out your film, we'd be more than happy to put our eyeballs all over it. So let us know. Now we're going to go to figure out what we're going to watch next week. And I love you. I'm Tyler. I love you too. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. out. <laughs>